Hi, I'm Andy Murray. Welcome to It's a Customer's World podcast. Now more than ever, retailers and brands are accelerating their quest to be more customer-centric. But to be truly customer-centric, it requires both a shift in mindset and ways of working, not just in marketing, but in all parts of the organization. In this podcast series, I'll be talking with practitioners, thought leaders, and scholars to hear their thoughts on what it takes to be a leader in today's customer-centric world. Hello. In this special bonus episode of It's a Customer's World, I invited advertising industry legend Kevin Roberts to take on 21 University of Arkansas students in a free-flowing, no-questions-off-limits session to get his thoughts on marketing, building love marks, career advice, and lessons he's learned on his journey. And Kevin did not disappoint. In true Kevin style, he shared candid advice, anecdotes, and wonderful stories that I found truly inspiring. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Welcome, everyone, to this special episode where I've got the privilege of being with two really special people, Molly Rapert, who's an outstanding professor at the University of Arkansas, and a great friend, and a very innovative marketer. And joining us is Kevin Roberts, who needs no introduction. Uh, Kevin, a long lifetime mentor of mine, uh, which blame him uh, for, for anything that I say. Uh, and Kevin has generously offered to give us 90 minutes of question and A, unchained, uh, live feedback on some of the toughest questions that Molly and her classes uh, ginned up for us to respond to. So we have about 21 students or so that have uh, thought about some things that are important to them and have some questions for Kevin. So Molly, I'm going to turn over to you to introduce students and, and get us going. And before I do, Kevin, do you want to say anything uh, before we get started? Well, I'm real close to you guys. I'm in Carefree, Arizona, where I've been for the last uh, 12 months uh, out in the desert here, isolating. So this actually is the highlight of my day because I'm going to talk to 21 new friends. Desperation has many friends, right? So uh, I'm on this to have fun. My personal focus is to make happy choices. And there is nothing in the world mm. that I would rather be doing now than this. Otherwise, I'd be doing it, okay? So I'm up for this. You can ask me anything you want. This is everything you wanted to know about leadership, business, life, your plans, and we're afraid to ask. So it's going to be unplugged, unfiltered, and uncut. So <laughs> have fun. I'm going to. Okay, Molly, with that. Thank you. I'm so delighted to welcome my amazing Rayport Marketing students. But first, I'd like to say thank you to Andy and Kevin and Caitlin for all they've done to make today happen. I've taught for 30 years, and I can promise you that I never anticipated a day where I would have an advocate as strong as Andy and to be on a Zoom with Kevin Roberts. This is really amazing for me as a longtime fan of both of you. And thank you for serving my students so well and allowing all of us this opportunity. Uh, it's a happy choice for me, Kevin. <laughs> Hi, my name is Taylor Zatterin, and I am a senior marketing major with a minor in management. Upon graduation- With a minor in what? Management. Oh, uh, okay. 
And upon graduation in May, I will begin my career in the tech industry at Qualtrics. And Kevin, when talking about love marks, which you describe as loyalty beyond reason, you mentioned that marketing is dead. The role of marketing is to create a movement. It's no longer about building a brand. As a soon-to-be graduate who has just spent four years studying marketing, this is exhilarating (laughs) and concerning at the same time. What would be your best advice for me to keep top of mind and take into my future career that will allow me to be the most valuable hire to a company that I can be? Okay. I wrote a book called 64 Shots, which was 64 ideas about leadership and in one of the early chapters, I talked about the need to write a personal purpose on a page, to actually spell out your inspirational dream, to really spell out who you are, your character attributes, what you believe, and not the normal nonsense, right? Vision, goals, objective, all this garbage. No, this is real. What's your dream? Who are you? What is your spirit? What's your very DNA? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What turns you on? What makes you happy? What is your focus? You know, at your tender age, for the next five years, what little footprints do you want to leave in the sand? So I I recommend you get hold of that book on Kindle or wherever and, and read about personal purpose. Because if you don't know where you're going, all roads will take you there, right? I think the second thing for me is, I don't know what advice you've been given, but it's, a, it's an important decision, your next decision to go somewhere and make an impact, but it's not a vital decision. The next 10 years for you should be experimental. They should be a joy of discovery, a voyage of curiosity, a voyage of finding out stuff, a voyage that is full of new and full of exploration and just full of fun. It should be a, a, um, the decisions you make now, make the big decisions with your heart, Taylor, not with your head. All these SWATs, strengths, weaknesses, threats, opportunities, that's yesterday's thinking. You just got to make a big decision with your heart. Follow your passion. And then when you screwed up in six months, just leave and start over. Okay? Just toss it, man. It's experience. Right? Just And then go to the next one. Travel. Oof. Now's a great time after this panic, pandemic to imagine the unimaginable, right? To change everything. Because if we go backwards, what a tragedy. So you're in a great moment. Sachi and Sachi, Andy will tell you, we believe nothing is impossible. So uh, make the big decisions with your heart, have a personal purpose, look to make impact and have no fear. Have no fear. Thank you. Yeah, the world is waiting for you, not the other way around. Yeah, I could just uh, add to that. What Kevin just said is is so true. Uh, I can't tell you how many meetings I was in with Kevin or 
uh, brought him a really tough problem. By the time problems get to Kevin, they're pretty big. Uh, and, and the advice was, you know, what's your heart say? That's a big decision. Make that one with your heart. And so it's a, uh, it's, it's a real, it's not just a motto. It's a real way of like these principles work in business. I mean, they, they absolutely work in business and uh, we're, and we're so data rich, but heart poor uh, that um, it's, it was really refreshing to have that perspective, but yeah, th- just wanted to pipe in that. That's, that's the way you actually lead. Yeah. And I selfishly have to say, this is my favorite topic so far because this semester I have three executives from Procter and Gamble and BMLYNR who are investing about 20 hours with my students in digging deep into their values, beliefs, passion. We're not even talking about marketing concepts. We're just and it will be this Thursday. So I'm delighted to hear this. Thank you so much. Well good for you. That's a good initiative. Great initiative. Okay. Next we have Danny and she has a question about mystery for us. Hi, I'm Danny Martinez. I'm a senior marketing major with a minor in management from Rogers, Arkansas. Um, I'm interested in nonprofit and social media marketing. And I wanted to know how you would suggest businesses find the balance between being transparent enough to gain people's trust and respect, but also holding back enough to keep things mysterious. That's a really mysterious question. And very, very deep question, Danny. That's a little cruel. I'm an old man, you know. You should be going easier on me than that. The first thing I'm going to say is that uh, revolution begins with language. Revolution begins with language. That's how we change worlds. That's how we create movements initially, with language, right? And you're probably learning that. Uh, and, and I want to comment on one word you used, right? How would you suggest business finds a balance? I hate the word balance. So balance to me implies balance, moderation. I have to compromise, right? I have to give something up. I don't want to live my life like that. One of the words in my personal purpose is uncompromising. I don't buy balance. Work-life balance, I think, is a crock of average mediocrity. What I think we should use is the word blend. The best wines are not balanced. They're a blend of different grapes, Cab Sauvignon, Merlot, Cabernet, which when you blend them like an alchemist, like a magician, you get ecstasy, and I don't mean the drug, you get into a great place, okay? So I think how the question that you're asking is how do we blend trust and respect where we are open and we share at the same time, we want mystery. And all I can tell you, is just go watch Netflix because they do this fantastically, man, right? They keep you every episode. I've just been watching a show, Zero, 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 which is Roberto Saviano on Amazon, which is an amazing production. He wrote Gomorra. And uh, you, this guy involves you. He's transparent about drug smuggling. He's transparent about corruption. 
he's transparent about the complexity of the cartel in Mexico and low income and the shippers who are all Americans from New Orleans and the Calabria, the mafia in Italy. He's transparent, but the mystery is unbelievable, right? I mean, you binge watch stuff, right? Unless you're some kind of real. And then, so how do these great do? And they do it through one word, Danny, which is story sharing, not storytelling. Storytelling's dead. We don't want to be told a story. We want to be involved, engaged in this story. And when you're creating a brand, forget telling a story. Even when you're talking to little kids, three and five-year-olds, they want to be in the story. They want to share it with you. So somehow you've got to use language, innovation, creativity, imagination, okay? All this stuff to share your story, to involve your customer, okay? Blend, not balance, ban the word. We ban the balance. So our uh, next topic is one that you've already touched on briefly, talking about being nomadic and a vagabond, but I think Manny's gonna have us drill deeper into that. Sweet, um, thank you so much, Kevin, for coming to do this. Uh, my name is Manny Mejia. I Graduated um, back in 2019 with an accounting degree, and I'm oh, just, <laughs> and I'm just wash your mouth out, Manny. Wash your mouth out, and then you saw the light. Yes, and now now I'm finishing my last semester of my MBA. I'm getting it um, in the marketing. So, good boy. Interestingly enough, um, this summer I actually will begin my career at PepsiCo as an associate oh. sales manager. So maybe one day in my career, I'll follow in your footsteps and destroy a vending machine here and there. But anyways, um, I did hear you once say that people should spend their 20s being nomadic. Um, that is exploring, connecting, collaborating, and making a difference. But is there like anything in particular that you think people in their 20s place as a low priority that you believe in fact they should um, actually place as a higher one? First thing I think is to do an accounting degree and then marketing. That's a really, that's a bloody good option. Good for you. You've got IQ. You've got to read the data. You've got to understand the numbers. You've got to understand the P&L. You've got to understand leverage. It's a smart discipline to do. It's just kind of boring, right? So you've got that foundation. Fantastic. Now add some flair. It'll help you in a sales situation because you're going to be yeah, I think it's good, good IQ stuff. The EQ stuff, fantastic, right? Going to PepsiCo, great seven years, competitive, aggressive, smart. Time I was there, they were, and they're very diverse, you know, and all that. Time I was there, the big line that they used to tell me was, uh, ready, fire, aim in that order. And I said, what, no, no, you got, and they said, no, 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 look, Get ready, fire, boof, and then correct your aim. Don't waste your time. By the time you've got the first shot off, you've got more knowledge than the other guy who's still busy aiming, and he still has to correct. So ready, fire, aim. And it's from there that I learned fail fast, learn fast, fix fast. So going to PepsiCo is a great move. Going into sales, great move. I went on sales training at PNG for five months. Probably the, I learned more in that five months than I learned in two years in many places. 
because you're right there with customers, you're seeing consumers, you're having to flex. Brilliant way to start your nomadic journey. One thing I people, I think, could learn is standards. I think a lot of people your age are think they can multitask, which is bullshit, because all they do is they watch, they text, they listen, and they do them all averagely. Okay, and they believe they're these genius multitaskers. I don't think so at all. I have loads of evidence to suggest that I have six kids and nine grandkids, so I know of which I speak, okay? And uh, when they multitask, they're crap, okay? I think you guys have got to learn standards and in terms of your own aspirations. People, I don't know, Jim Collins wrote about it, but the enemy of great is good. A lot of young people do things good enough, good enough. And good enough is never good enough, Manny. Good enough is never good enough, right? The way you do anything is the way you do everything. I'm judging you now based on your sports stuff, based on the way you dress, the jacket, the haircut, because I don't, I can't be with you. So I don't, I can only see, I judge you by the quality of the question, the way you handled with my coming at you differently, right? The, and you look buttoned down, you look already Pepsi pretty. You look like you're Pepsi, right? That's bloody smart, right? So I would think, I would urge you and your compatriots to uh, think bigger, think faster, have high standards now, and uh, you have one life, man. This is it. So, shit, make it count, right? <laughs> have fun and look for greatness. For sure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Manny. My name is Monica Uribe. I'm from Portsmouth, Arkansas, and I'm currently a senior and marketing major. And my one of our best, best, best regional managers was Alberto Uribe. He was a brilliant guy at, at PNG. Anyway, go on. Yeah, my question for you, Kevin, is you have mentioned that you joined Procter and Gamble in order to learn the language of business. If you were uh, to be five-year-old Kevin today, uh, what company would you go to to learn the language of business, and would it still be P&G? Why or why not? Well, I think Manny's great for going to PepsiCo because they're, you know, they're, they're um, with their brands, they're they're at the heart of pop culture. Procter and Gamble taught me everything I know about leadership and about values. Um, uh, they taught me about focus. Commitment, discipline, focus, commitment, discipline. They're not the most creative. They're not the most innovative. Mary gave me that stuff. But PNG, man, they instilled upon me, you, you gotta do what's right when no one's looking. You gotta do what's right when no one's looking. And I never forgot that. And they are driven by purpose, by principles, by value. John Pepper, Ed Arts, A.G. Lafley. Uh, and they are a real, 
Yeah, love mark for me, I guess. I'm still friendly with everyone I work with. So P&G is still, um, yeah, I don't know how old they are now, Andy, 180 years old or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they are impressive on the leadership front, on a marketing front, and so on. They're not the best, though, now. For me, if I had to answer your direct question, where would I go to learn the, the language of business, the basics of business? There's only one answer for me, and that's Amazon. I worked with Amazon. I had them as a client for a while. I work with them now. As a, with a, I'm on a board of a grocery chain in the UK, and we do a lot of business through Amazon. Andy knows it's a boutique chain boost. Some of my best friends work there. I don't like them as a company. I don't like them. I don't like the way they treat their people, right? They burn them out and all this stuff. But I hold them in. It's not a long-term career, right? You know? But man, these guys, Amazon make every company they work with better. They do the stuff. They are on it the last detail they're on the last detail they're functionally brilliant they're strategically sound and they are way more innovative than apple and they are way more innovative than tesla and they are way more innovative and imaginative than all facebook and all these glory guys they value innovation and imagination they just sweat you you're just an asset for them you're a renewable asset You've got a three-year burnout time. So you've got to leave two years in and screw them before they do it to you, right? Before you get burned out. But the learning you will get is immense. They know more about consumers and customers than you know about yourself. They know more about you than Apple because you told them everything. And they use AI brilliantly. So I love PNG, respect PNG. I would never turn them down. PepsiCo, you learn to be a warrior and to compete. Amazon, you become a man or woman of steel. If you can suck it up for two years, because you have no personal life, no private life, but everything else, boom, you get sharp elbows. Yeah, Kevin, I would just pile on there. I, I think you're absolutely spot on. That would be the company I would pick uh, for, ah. for sure, for sure. And for the same reasons. But I think the other thing that's important about that is you learn velocity and at the speed of decision making. I mean, it, it's it's right. in, in the, the new game now, it is velocity. And so you're not going to learn velocity in typical CPG because you got you know 18 month development times and, and you just need yeah. that speed to get life learning in, in, in the amount of time you're going to spend there. So, yeah. Would Walmart make a shortlist for you, Andy, or not? I thought I was thinking about that. And I think more macro, any retailer, it's, it's just interesting that that retail space is so fast and it's a fast yeah, like game that. and you get speed, yeah. whether it's like the booths in the UK, yeah. I, I would take that. I would take any retailer that's dealing with right. uh, to, to learn business and customer and data and all the things that have to happen. You just get the fullest perspective in the shortest amount of time and you'll work like dog years in a week. So yeah, yeah. And you have the supplier thing, you have the consumer thing. You have yep. the media thing. 
I think it's food retailer. I'm not yeah. sure it's. Yeah, I don't think it's fashion. Or... Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's yeah. something that's got that transaction velocity where you see your idea, yeah. you put it in play, and you know. Yeah. I mean, if you get a job at Whole Foods, it's a real interesting combination of the two things, I think. Yeah. We are yeah. going to jump to leadership as a topic, and Maddie is going to kick us off. Hi, my name is Maddie Braun, and I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I'm double majoring in marketing and supply chain and minoring in economics. And um, I viewed a podcast where you mentioned that the world lacks leadership, hope, and optimism. <laughs> and how would you describe your leadership style? And as a leader, how have you tried to bring more hope and optimism? Why don't you ask Andy? Because uh, I was his leader for a while. Andy, how would you answer that? Yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 lots of different ways. I'll just give you, I'll give you a couple quick stories that uh, that would probably put it in perspective. When um, when Kevin, we sold the company uh, to to Saatchi, and I hadn't had a boss in ten years, so I didn't really <laughs> remember what that was like. And I remember after after the bank cleared the check, uh, calling calling up Kevin and saying, "Okay, um, okay, boss, I, I haven't had a had a boss in a long time. What what is, what is this about? And what do we do?" Uh, and his response was, and I'll never forget it. Was first of all, never call me boss. Think of me as your older brother. You're my younger brother. Let's go change the world. And and that that was it. That was all he said. And, and I think that was inspired. He knew what I needed to hear as an entrepreneur that was trying to get back into what this bigger holding company world was like and the attitude that I needed to have. And I think that was brilliant. Uh, and so I think I've learned so many things from a leadership side of actual leadership that I call that actual leadership or sitting down in a performance review, which we didn't have that often and, and saying, okay, you already know what you're good at why should I sit here and tell you what, what you're not good at? Cause you're not going to change that anyway at your age. And so why don't you just focus on the things that you're really good at? And again, that's knowing his audience and knowing what I needed. I don't know if you said that to everybody, but it certainly got me focused on the things I could really make a difference in my strengths. And so I, I could give you loads and loads of, of anecdotes like that of authentic leadership that comes at it from a very different angle than what most people do. And I think if you read the book, 64 Shots, um, a lot of those things that I learned and saw firsthand from, you know, looking at a 90 day plan or hundred day plan, looking at, you know, all the elements of practices, I think most of your best practices of leadership are in 64 shots. And so I, I use that over and over again. Uh, and so that's my two cents. Thank you, Andy. So if, to summarize the, your question, which was great, right? I, I practice inspirational leadership. Andy talked about it, not management, you know, not control. Management is doing things right. Leadership is doing the right things. So when I hear you're all minoring in management, that makes me really worried because that means you're gonna do things right. I take that as a very important building block and I'm glad because doing things wrong is not super helpful all the time, but it's not the point, right? I wish you were majoring in leadership, minoring in leadership, not management. Management, doing things right, leadership, doing the right things. My view is not command and control. It's not servant leadership or any of this nonsense you read about. 
It is inspirational leadership. The role of the leader, you just heard Andy describe what it was like, is frankly to inspire everyone you touch to be the best they can be. So I look at Andy and see an entrepreneur who hasn't had a boss, just showing the goalpost and get out of the way. You get someone who's come from PNG, that won't work for them because they're used to having their hand held and led and directed and discussed, right? So your, your role as the leader, inspire everyone to be the best they can be. Your second job is as a leader, create other leaders, create other leaders. We don't want followers, right? I mean, I'm talking to you because you're the leaders of tomorrow. I, I think. Does that help? Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> we are going to turn to our last topic, and that is life. And I believe Caitlin is going to start us off with a great question. Hi, my name is Caitlin Collison. I'm from Edmond, Oklahoma. Um, I'm an international marketing major and a minor in Spanish. And my question is, what is something you know now that you would go back in time and tell your younger self? Something, that, two things. I've been asked this question before, right? Because people are, are, are looking, you know, letter to yourself and all this stuff. And, and uh, Bob Salert, who was a chairman at Saatchi and Saatchi and a really influential guy for both Andy and I, and um, he approved the extortionate price that we bought Andy's company for um, that we're actually still paying for, but luckily Andy paid it back to us in two years through outstanding results. But it's now afforded Andy the millionaire lifestyle to which he's become accustomed because he did in truth build an unstoppable uh, love mark um, in, uh, in the company. Uh, Bob Siller told me, he actually wrote a book about it, start with the answer and work back. Start with the answer and work back. So make sure you have a dream, Caitlin. Make sure you have a focus that you can articulate in one sentence and work back from that. Uh, I had a dream when I was uh, 14. I had another one when I was 21. And... Uh, I'm, I'm really pleased I had that. What I didn't do, which I would do, is what my focus is now, which is make happy choices. I made a lot of choices that didn't make me happy for all kinds of reasons that I convinced myself, for money, for location, for experience, for learning. And I was wrong to do that. I should have backed myself more, made happier choices. It's like people, people say, you know, uh, should I take a job for the money or because I love it? And I took jobs in those days, sometimes for the money, because there was big money floating around. And I wanted to make my family secure because I had a kid when I was 17. And I wanted to make them secure and stuff. And uh, I don't know if it was the right thing to do. My advice now to my own kids, well, six of them was, and they followed it, was uh, when you make a choice like that, make the choice that you're passionate about and then figure out how to make money out of that. So, you know, follow your passion and then figure out how to make money. And if you're smart, the money will come. 
And if not, thank you. Worst that can happen is you're happy. I want to say I'm thinking about how different some of my students are and their interests. And I think the one thing they all have in common is they're raised in an era of technology. So I'm going to try and do one more thing as you um, gave the advice to Mackenzie. One other thing, and I'd like to bring on Jonah for one last question about technology, because I think this is something that each student on this call will face as a challenge. Okay, uh, again, I'm Jonah Raper, and I'm a senior marketing major, and I work for Mozzie Marketing. Have you get a second crack at this, Jonah? Have you got an in with the teacher or something? I think I might know the teacher a little bit. Distant <laughs> relative. Yeah. Well, there's no point having power unless you abuse it. <laughs> yes. Of course. Well, I was going to say, I'm inspired by your remarks on technology and how it can either be harnessed for success or it can dominate your life. Um, it's more relevant to, for my generation than it has yeah. ever been. So what are some personal routines that you use to protect yourself from the negative side effects? And just like thinking of it now, what advice would you give to like your own grandchild who's growing up in the world that we're about to be growing up in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the social issue of the day. You've seen all the media about this now. It's, it's the biggest uh, mental health problem we're facing. It's the biggest productivity and efficiency we're facing. And uh, I'm confident that humanity will deal to it and re-harness it because it is also the greatest liberator that we've ever known, right? It's, it's just a brilliant connector and it has the downsides. So I, you know, I, I, I believe that I've called this uh, the screen, the mobile phone in particular is what I would call the weapon of mass distraction. And, uh, you know, we've got to make it, we've got to bend it to our will so it makes us happier, more effective and more positive, not vice versa. So three simple rules. Rule number one, does it help me or harm me? That's rule number one. If it harms me, you know, you've got to get that notification off. You've got to get off Twitter. You've got to get off Instagram. I don't care. Does it help or harm? You may only go off for three weeks. You may only go off for six hours. Does it help or harm? And don't fool yourself. Number two, no screens in your bedroom, none, no phone. I know it's your bloody alarm clock, buy an alarm clock, okay? That's not good enough because it sits here lurking at the back of your primeval brain and doesn't let you sleep properly. No screens in the bedroom, no, no iPad, no phone, uh, no TV, no nothing, okay? Rule number three, and that's the end of the rules, you do not look at your screen for 45 minutes after you've awoken. No exceptions. Despite what you might think, the world can move without you for 45 minutes. In those 45 minutes, you breathe, you get your endomorphins released, you mindfulness, you visualize, you meditate, you have coffee, you go for a run, you do anything. Do not do it on your bloody screen. The screen will still be there. The notifications will still be there. Your friends will still be there. For 45 minutes, get your head and your heart into shape. I do all three of those things. Wonderful time, Kevin. This has been really gracious of you. And you Molly, thank you for-, for the extra half hour, Molly. You will be punished, Andy. I will find ways to punish you. I got I a feeling it's coming. You your, I applaud you on your initiative. 
I applaud you on your risk taking. I applaud you on making happy choices. I applaud you for be setting a great example to your students of breaking the rules and begging for forgiveness later. Yeah. I have enjoyed this enormously. Uh, I said, uh, I meant what I had to say before. If you find a way, Molly, that you want to do something else, Andy, I'm sure will help you. So thank you all, everyone, for giving up two hours of your time. Um, I do beg forgiveness, but it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for me. And thank you. You are forgiven. Yes. You are forgiven gracefully, and I honor you. Andy, thank you so much. I got to run. Thank you, guys. Hasta la vista. That's it for this episode of It's a Customer's World. If you found this helpful and entertaining, I would be so grateful if you could share our show with your friends. And I'd be super happy if you subscribe so you can be updated as we publish new episodes. And if you really want to help, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. It's a Customer's World podcast as a product of the University of Arkansas Customer-Centric Leadership Initiative and a Walton College original production.